Hey guys, this is episode three of Learnings. It was originally called Insights until I realized that was technically a counterintuitive name for the podcast with its actual purpose and what it's meant to convey. I wanted to start off with a story before I get my hands dirty today. So every day I have a list of three major things I wanna get done. I remember someone commenting on a Facebook video of Ty Lopez explaining the importance and impact of doing this. He was saying, look guys, this is what Bill Gates does. It only takes like five minutes and someone's like, ooh, writing down a list of things to do for the day. Wow, earth shattering. And I was like, well, the most groundbreaking minds of today's world actually do this. So yeah, <laughs> so I do that. And <laughs> yesterday I was feeling extra, extra productive, right? I was just in the zone. My big three list of things was to make a new beat, get my engine checked out, for my car and hit up a shitload of producers who got their music accepted from music sharing YouTube channels with a subscriber range of 500,000 to 15 million. Uh, I, I only got the last of those three done because everything was going perfectly until all of a sudden my computer stops charging. Uh, and my charger doesn't seem to be working. So what the fuck do I do? I look it up and spend 20 minutes in a state of semi-panic trying to figure it out. Then I drive to Walmart on an extremely tight schedule to get a little electronics screwdriver kit thing. And I come back to open the back of the laptop. As it turns out, I was able to take off the back and open it up, but all the videos I was looking at seemed to be using a totally different, older, slower, smaller, less expensive version of my MacBook. This drove me insane. I went to the last resort and just called Apple support. <laughs> that, that rhymed. I should be a rapper. <laughs> they should. They basically told me to go suck shit for a day and a half. And while I wait for the next open appointment uh, at the nearest Apple store, which by the way is located in either the first or second largest mall in either the country or the world, King of Prussia. Um, so that was fucked. Uh, but I ended up doing. I ended up having a super productive day because I just ended up doing a bunch of administrative work on my phone and doing a bunch of planning. I finished listening to Gary V's Crushing It, which was great, and my engine, I had to wait three to four hours to have checked. I went back to the auto place and they were like, yeah, we can't find out what's wrong with it because, you know, there's no signal. And I'm like, uh, what? How? I've been driving with that engine signal for the last week. And they're like, yeah, it probably turned off because you're here. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck. I guess I'll come back when I see it again. But yeah, I hit up a lot of people and got updated on a ton of networking. It was a very productive day because you can either let all of that bullshit get to you or work on the most important, valuable alternative, no matter what that is. Uh, I have evaluated what I could have done differently in those situations, and I don't think the list is very long, but the only way to get through it for sure is to keep it in the back of my mind while I hammer the fuck out of everything else and just move on. So since I don't have my computer, I'm just going to wing the choices today. Uh, I take notes on a total of three or four self-educational, you know, YouTube videos and offer lots of my own personal commentary along the way. So that's what's up. 
Video number one is become obsessed with success. Tony Robbins, top 10 rules, Evan Carmichael. Tony Robbins doesn't really need an introduction at this point. I talk about him and Evan Carmichael quite a bit here. The content they both put out is dope. By the way, some, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna veer off the track like Gary Vee says in his audiobooks because he hates read, and there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody, everybody has their preferences and stuff. He hates reading, but <laughs> like I, I don't really, I'm starting to notice patterns of different channels and stuff like that. That I'm getting my my content from. I don't really like that. I also am starting to notice patterns regarding where I'm uh, like the types of things that I'm putting content out about, and I don't really like that that much either because I want it to be I want it to be rather focused. But at the same time, I don't want it I don't want it to be the the type of stuff that people are like. Oh, he's going to talk about this again. Ugh. So I want it to be a little bit more organized, but uh, even if it's not that, you know, focused, but yeah, so focus, yeah, focus. And uh, things like, I don't want to seem like I'm really like, I don't want to be like come across as like, I'm like copying like Evan Carmichael's ideas because I am kind of just like writing down all of Tony's 10 rules. But again, that's part of the whole commentary thing. And a lot of the value in my commentary comes from all the fucking, uh, all the time that I spend listening to audiobooks anyway. So let's get back to that. Fulfillment is an art, and success without it is the ultimate failure. There are so many millionaires and multi-billionaires calling up Tony because they're depressed and can't tell anybody else. Robin Williams was a master of achievement, right? But he hung himself because he made everybody happy but himself. So you are not limited to one state. This is why my top of my top three uh, recommendations for books, there's one about fulfillment, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, one about getting shit done, the achievement side of things, The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone, and one about the lines between the two and where they meet and beyond, which is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I want everybody to live an extraordinary life, and according to Tony, that entails a balance between the two. Everyone has their own, but that state of flow in it is where all of the magic seems to happen consistently and massively for such a select few people and uh, like wonder what their secret is and they might not even know how to explain it, but that like that's might be because maybe it's just natural for them. But yeah, Tony worked as a janitor and did not go to college. He also had seven or eight fathers growing up. He was the oldest child in his family and his mom was a highly abusive alcoholic. There was a point where he spent seven years trying to read a book a day and he, he managed to read, I think 700 books or something in that, in that time span. And he stressed the importance of reading books. I do this often when I talk to people about them. <clears throat> he says, he says it just like I say, I suppose great minds think alike <laughs> well um that a book is like a compressed organized set of principles and ideas that gather through a week's months years decades time uh it's like compressed life compressed time and compressed experience you can learn from other people's and you get to download that into your consciousness and that's extremely fucking powerful it's different when you only learn from your own experiences it's painful it's slow um and of course by the way i'm veered to the side uh, it's important to obviously apply what you're learning, but it's also important to learn a lot. 
Tony says that you have to own your business. This is a huge one for me. I'm still working on it. I'm always working on it. I'd like to really dive into it because with my personality, being nice to people and spending my time caring for them is an investment I feel like I can't afford. I love humanity. My over my overarching goals will show that. But the more micro you get with me, the less I seem to give a shit about you. Uh, unless I'm in that place where I'm just shooting value at you and I got you cornered to a place where there's nothing bad you can possibly get out of it, like a consultation and it's so very weird and difficult with this and I don't like it <laughs> I mean I don't really care about it that much because like I said on a large scale my goals involve the bettering of humanity and I don't have time to waste for people's bullshit while I'm on that path even though I'm only 21 but I recognize that it's important to change it over time so Tony says he wants to know his clients better than they know himself themselves he was talking about a dentist he knew who uh, was tired of people not paying him properly showing up late etc so one day he decided he's going to let go of half his clients and only do business with people he personally likes. He said he'll have them come in for a cup of coffee, discuss what's going on in their lives and how he can offer value to it, their health, the way they look uh, and feel, their vitality. And he said they will never be delayed in the waiting room for any longer than five minutes ever. He said he requires that they show up on time and in return they pay him uh, and in return they pay him on time in return and also in return <laughs> and with six months of working with him <clears throat> he expects to have them he expects them to have two referrals ready for him so he can uh so he can help those referrals as well he put more time into these people and dropped all those other people stopped focusing on the marketing and shit and quadrupled his income and dropped spending costs by over 60 percent you gotta set boundaries for yourself and i do too so you and I got to let go of these people who cause headaches, which I think is a nugget of gold. And I'm really excited to get more shit going on with my beats and such so I can start charging for consultations and whatnot, I suppose. Uh, yeah, so I'm more comfortable. <laughs> I, I'm more comfortable doing that. Everything is impossible until someone does it. Uh, success is 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. If you can divorce the story of your limitations and marry the truth of your unlimited capacity, then the whole game changes be obsessed with value if you want to build wealth you need to become more valuable and that involves so many things but learning and focus in my opinion are the main two a lot of things you decide to go for and actually go for and don't take for granted, especially after you finally get them, are the ones that you continually seem to focus on. Uh, you can get further than people in a very short period of time who have been in your industry for decades just by relentlessly focusing on what you do. Just look at Elon Musk. The next rule of success kind of contradicts the last one. You have to diversify. If you don't, the basket you put all your eggs into could collapse. Could collapse. <laughs> it could collapse in a day apparently tony owns 31 different companies <laughs> but like this whole diversify thing is as important as it does consist of controversy people like grant cardone and ty lopez will actually argue that <laughs> ty lopez it doesn't right really seem like this but uh, i mean I, I don't i don't really know they argue that diversity creates riches while focus is what creates wealth i mean like look at look at fucking look at 
look at Facebook, look at Amazon. That just kind of makes sense. So focus, focus creates wealth. Uh, what else? Deep wells over shallow pools. And till this point, that's kind of what Tony's been saying. Life work balance is an illusion. Do life work integration. Jeff Bezos says to do work like to do like what the fuck? Life work, <laughs> life work. Okay, <laughs> work, work life balance is an illusion. Do work life integration. Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bose, Bose, Bose says to do work life harmony. It's important to maybe tie your mission in with people who you love. That's dope. You'll accomplish a million times more unless you say it's a sacrifice. You got to live with that mission, put the work and the life together, but really only if you love it all. Sometimes coincidences are great because we know we created them. Video number two is the future of humanity at WGS. 2018 with Malcolm Gladwell. So Malcolm Gladwell is a phenomenal journalist, writer, and storyteller. I'm going to be getting his masterclass soon. He had a video on the future of humanity, hence the title, and I'm pretty much obsessed with the future because a lot of things I've learned about it actually shape my values and what I want for the world. My music is kind of meant to empathetically guide the listener to the future through that scope because a lot of people seem to be looking at it more pessimistically or optimistically than I feel they need to, and I aim with my music to deliver that reason for them to really approach it all with an accepting, uh, equalized viewpoint. Gladwell wanted to stress about the government and what they do and how we all seem to feel about them and how this has all seemed to change in the last few hundred years. In the 18 and 1900s, there were supposed to be they were supposed to be providing security to us to enforce the law and to protect us from various unforeseen events. That set of expectations has been around for a long fucking time, but now there's a shift in what people want and need from the government. I'm super passionate about stuff like this. Uh, a fundamental issue with today's society is the fact that so many people don't know the difference between a puzzle and a mystery. Most of them think the greatest ones are puzzles. That used to be true. Not anymore. Now there's too much information to put all the pieces together. Now you have to find the right information and the most effective institutions like universities and shit clearly are no longer as effective as they were before with doing this. They're struggling with the transition between the common puzzle and the common mystery. Uh, a while ago, you'd go to the doctor for a cancer diagnosis, for example, and they're like, yeah, you got a tumor, uh, we gotta do surgery or some shit. Now they gotta do a really long series of tests to figure it all out. <laughs> there's almost nothing <laughs> There's almost nothing in common between those two processes. Before, the doctor would have to just collect information and hack it uh, to to thin slice and be like, okay, here it is. Here's the problem and solution. Now they got to analyze the data. A doctor used to have technical practices and <laughs> a doctor used to have technical practices. Now they have social ones. Take for instance, schools. This shit is just very classic Malcolm Gladwell stuff at its finest. He just looks at the impenetrable facts of life and he's like, look, you can't phase this. It's impossible. You got to suck it up. And here's why. Then he just explains more important shit and so on. Now he says, an excellent performing teacher teaches kids 1.5 times in one year what they would teach if they were just above average. And the mediocre teacher teaches half 0.5 times in one year what the what they would teach if they were just above average. That's a huge fucking difference. Parents are using these metrics to value what schools they take their kids to. Schools are turning, are using them to choose whether a teacher is worth keeping or not. 
A teacher who has a great score one year could do terrible the next year. Now, with this score, you can't take a student out of the equation. And what sucks is that the students are always changing. They're different. There's more technology, more diverse diversity, and all this and all this doesn't matter more than you might think. Now, it's all way fucking harder. We have to figure out now how to arrange the data, the qualities of a student and a teacher and find where they intersect and base values on it and find out how one student relates to another and another and how, how one teacher relates to each student. So when you look at this as more of a mystery, optimizing schools and their systems, methods of operations, it's way more individualized and it has fucking nothing to do with inequality or gender or anything like that. It actually actually has to do with data. Data above everything. Well, everything but values. And values are a broad range of things. So yeah, it's a mystery and the government doesn't really know shit about that. But this speech at, was at the Go World Government Summit, so that's cool. <laughs> the number of diabetes deaths are expected to double by 2030. And what causes diabetes is lifestyle, changes in affluence, changes in richness of diets. And we could make more drugs, build more hospitals, but that doesn't really change shit in any way other than making it worse. That might be a reason it's gotten so much worse over the years. So actually motivating them through relationships and other mediums based on credibility and trust, you know, ones that government aren't fucking used to doing. Governments in the upcoming generation are going to have to find a way to be more human when, or humane when the society shifts in ways that that are more technologically sophisticated than ever. If you saw the Mark Zuckerberg hearings, you'll probably recognize that today's government is not quick to learn about or open their minds to modern technology. Video number three is Peter Diamandis on why AI will save the world, IT. Impact Theory is a media show channel thing that interviews people who are making a huge impact on the world. It's the biggest, most influential people they can at least afford to get on the show. And it, the people are getting bigger and bigger. Uh, but Tom Bilyeu is the person who is hosting it. He started a company that sells protein bars called Quest. I believe it grew like 57,000% or something in a span of three years. And I also believe this is definitely not something, it's something close to correct but these numbers and such may not be totally right. So <laughs> yeah, he sold it to start impact theory. There's also health theory and relationship theory. That's that, that, that's actually true. The rest of this parts, these parts are true. And it's very exciting to watch how these come alive and grow. Tom is a guy I think I ident identify with a lot. It seems we're both low key fucking arrogant, but we try and try to be humble and just work both our asses off. I mean, he's probably a lot better at it, but he definitely has lots of experience and he's a very fucking smart guy. Someday he's going to interview me. I mean, I like to tell myself that. But when it happens people when when it happens people will be like, "Whoa, uh, okay." <laughs> Every time a leader, influencer, CEO or whatever says, "Hey guys, I'm going to do this and this is going to happen." So many people are quick to doubt them, and when they do it, people are surprised as if they didn't see it coming with the leader, influencer, CEO's track record. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh I I really don't know that much about Peter Diamandis, but I do know that he wrote the book I'm listening to right now, actually, called Bold. Uh, IT, or impact theory, has a lot more 
story and background behind the people in its episodes that than many other things so there won't be a profound amount of notes here actually there ended up kind of being a profound amount i i think but it was actually a pretty decent amount uh but there will be and they will be there will be some and they will be of high value hopefully we are living in an age of pretty much Star Trek. You can literally call anyone across the planet in a matter of seconds. You can spend a couple bucks as a doctor just to get AI tools and shit to help you diagnose a problem, which I know may contradict the whole thing with Malcolm Gladwell, but every rule has an exception. This is all crazy shit. It is pretty much magic, and every problem today is only contextual. And when I believe it was Nicholas Carr who said, the future is already here, it's just in distribution, which is one of my favorite quotes ever. The distribution part is making sense of that context and pimping it out for the sake of distribution. It's okay to fail. It's even better to succeed. He said that a huge thing in optimism that's sort of cultivated is a matter of three, which I have focused on with fucking intensity, is passion, curiosity, and grit. Kids, which I'm super fucking passionate about, are super important because, like, even from a selfish standpoint, because they get you wondering, what am I trying to teach? What kind of impact am I trying to leave? Uh, Something he said that I found interesting, specifically because it aligns with what I'm trying to do, uh, I'm actually aiming to be the solution, or at least the first uh, major solution to this problem, which I think is fucking extremely big, and it's getting bigger. No one's really talking about it, except Peter, because, well, he's fucking Peter. Uh, Kids seem to be worshipping media personalities, rock stars, rappers, actors, actresses, models, politicians, but overall celebrities. And those celebrities are certainly... uh, Those celebrities... (laughs) those celebrities are certainly some of them like stand for great things but the younger kids they can target an influence uh the younger the kids the more effective objectively i believe their legacy will end up being and peter says more kids should worship people like tom and peter more astronauts more people who support the future if i'm not earning the support of kids that's just not cool because kids are something that don't understand themselves or us and we have that power over them but the power they have over us is emotional and they leverage it to get what they want via their parents who have buying power aka market power in a world where you can create anything Money has no value. Certain animals like sharks and turtles are reported to live several hundred year lifespans. If they can do it, why can't we? I mean, with the way everything's progressing, you may live longer than you're expecting to. Apparently, it's becoming harder and harder to write hardcore sci-fi novels because the things we used to see as sci-fi are now becoming so real like that what the fuck. Peter says that everything is becoming demonetized. The phone will soon be your teacher and doctor for free. We are going to give up car ownership for like 10% of the cost.